0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Lifeaholic Podcast. This is your host, Tino Kemio Laue. Today is a unique kind of day. It's unique because I'm experiencing two wildly different emotions at once. I can't really explain it. On one hand, I'm feeling excited, and on the other hand, I'm feeling kind of sober. You know, I'm excited because today we bring an amazing guest. On the podcast, the very very first guest on the podcast, my awesome friend Toby Lobajai. I am so excited about sharing her story with you. And on the other hand, I am sober because I still haven't recovered from my chat with Toby. She's simply amazing. God is doing awesome work through her. She's yielded herself to God, and God is using her in ways that are just so amazing and mind-blowing. You see, I've known Toby for several years, but sitting with her again for the podcast caused me to reflect deeply on so many things. And in several ways, she exemplifies a true lifeaholic. You know, she's dedicated to God. She's committed to walking with Him and working with Him to be her best self and live the best life possible. She's being true to herself and her values, and she's making a real difference with her life. As a child, Toby was diagnosed with cerebral palsy, and as a result, she has had to fight for so many of the things we take for granted. But of course, she has persevered, she's still persevering, and as a result, she's living, truly living, and she's contributing to the world in a way that several people have not done, are not doing, and maybe never would. And for so many reasons, I'm happy and I'm grateful that she's the first guest of this podcast. I learned so much from her and I know you will too. So people, here's my chat with Toby Loba Ajayi. Hello, everyone, welcome to the Lifeaholic podcast. We share Christian inspiration and insights that help you be your best self and live your best life. So interesting tidbits, Toby and I decided to record this before. And we did all the work, but we realized that the audio wasn't so very good. And being the kind-hearted human being that she is, she agreed to do this with me all over again. And another thing is, I actually like you better now because now I can see her smile and I can see her face. And so another thing you should also know is that Toby and I, will introduce her very well properly, but Toby and I go way, way, way back. We were in law school together several years ago, maybe like 13, 14 years ago, and we've stayed in touch since then. And I'd like to say that um, one of the things I like about her is that we may not speak for a long time, but when we do, it's like we never stop speaking. So I'm going to read a little bio of Toby. She's a lawyer and she's a key player in the disability management sector. She has over 10 years of experience in this sector. And like I said, She was called to the Nigerian Bar, and she holds a master's degree in international law. In 2017, she launched the Let Cerebral Palsy Kids Learn Foundation to promote inclusive mainstream education for children with cerebral palsy in Nigeria. And to date, the project has provided support to almost 400 children and their families and enabled about 100 of these children to access inclusive education. They have also trained over 400 classroom teachers to address the knowledge and skill gap of teachers and help them to meet the learning needs of children with cerebral palsy in the classroom. So, Toby Jai, my friend, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Taneke, for having me. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, I'm doing well. Excellent. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for doing this again.
1: (laughs) It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I mean, it's always is welcome. Like
0: you said, you know, no maintenance friendships are amazing. Yes,
1: sir. It's okay to not talk for a couple of weeks, a couple of months, and then be able to pick it up just where you stopped and just keep moving.
0: Excellent. Thank you so much. Okay, so I'm going to jump right in Mm -hmm. and ask about why you went into disability management, why you even went into something that has to do with cerebral palsy. And I'm asking this specifically because I know you. Okay. You're not just a lawyer. You are a smart, intelligent woman, and you have a lot of options. (laughs) So you could have chosen any other thing but this. So I need to ask, what led you to this? I always say, when people ask this question, I always say, found
1: me. I, I, I don't think that I... One day, sat down and made a conscious choice and hmm. said, "Oh, when I grow up, I was become a disability advocate or something." And that didn't happen. I mean, if you had asked me when I was a child, and I told you, oh, "I want to become a lawyer," which I did become, yeah, um, even if I, I'm not practicing even now, even if I choose not to practice <laughs> now, I mean, um, but when I, but in sometime in 2016, I was on the Mandela Washington Fellowship for Young African Leaders, and as part of the fellowship, my institute made a video and called it a Fellow Impact Story. Now, this was made for every fellow in my class, and when they finished making the video, I mean, as part of it, we were supposed to talk about our history, how we got into the fellowship, and the impact of the fellowship on our work. Of course, I mentioned that I have cerebral palsy, and that that has influenced how I do the work that I do. Well. We did the video, we it on social media and for some weird reason that I will not understand very well, it got a lot of views mm-hmm. and a lot of parents started to ask identical questions. And the question was, I want my child to go to school like you. How can I make that happen? A lot of parents with cerebral palsy started yeah, reaching out to me. Yeah, you. parents with children with cerebral palsy started reaching out to me. I want my child to go to school like you, you're very intelligent, how can I make that happen? And Interestingly, I thought that that was a silly question because I thought it was <laughs> that. Yeah, I thought it was immediately obvious that you just needed to send your child to school. You want your child to go to school, then take them you to need. school. <laughs> Thank you. So I do not understand why you're asking me how I mean send your child to school. There has to be a school in your neighborhood that your child can go to now. can't be that bad. And then parents said, oh, I'm asking because the schools are rejecting my child. And I remember that the first parent I spoke to, you know, I'm very grateful that she's very gracious, she said, I mean she said it, schools are ejecting her child. I said, mm, that's actually, I don't believe that, I actually feel like you're telling it like... You didn't think it was possible. <laughs> so I didn't think it was possible. And then she said to me, she said, I have proof. And I showed me proof about four or five schools that had, in different ways and different words, basically said they couldn't take her child because... He had cerebral palsy, and I was. I remember being extremely heartbroken because I, I then it was at that point that I realized that I had what I had was rare, what I had was a privilege. I mean, at this point, I already had a master's degree, I had. I had a number of years of work experience under my belt. I I was a Washington fellow. I was already a RLC fellow at the time. So I was wondering, okay, wait, stop, rewind. All of the things I've done would not have happened if I didn't get that first thing right, which was that I got an education. And at that time, because I was already kind of working in the disability space, I knew that Nigeria had a very high burden. Of cerebral palsy. One in every 90 children was born in Nigeria.
0: One in 90 children yes. has One cerebral in,
1: palsy. So good. One in every 90 children born in Nigerian hospitals. in Nigerian hospitals. Knowing hospitals that,
0: still mind-blowing.
1: Knowing oh, that, my like, question was: wait, so we're saying that we're excluding this large number of children from an education. I grew up in Nigeria. Nigeria has never had a social system to think of anybody. Yeah. So if all these children don't get an education, what's the plan for when they become adults? Because cerebral. Palsy, the because cerebral palsy is not life limiting.
0: Yeah.
1: You see, the, the conditions, the health conditions are life limiting. So the child will probably not live for more than a certain number of years, the child will die. Cerebral palsy is not one of them. It's not life limiting. People with cerebral palsy live full long lives. The people with mm-hmm. cerebral palsy are in their seventies are 80s. So if this is it, what's our plan? For the over 50,000 children were diagnosed every year. And I remember just being unable to sleep. So I went back to work the next day. At this time, I was interning at United mm-hmm. States in D.C. And my colleagues noticed I wasn't being, you know, happy. And so they asked me what the issue was. And then I, you know, opened up and said to them, this is what I discovered following the whole viral video. And I, I'm grateful for them. My colleagues who said to me, This anger is valid, don't waste it.
0: Don't waste your anger. They yeah. said, It's
1: very valid that you're angry, do something with it. this anger, make it count for something. Wow. So they said, Pick one child and see if you can help one child. And I kept trying to explain, There's a large number of people who need help. Nigeria is 200 million people in my country. Like stop thinking about bad numbers. Pick one person. Help one person. And I think and I think even
0: writing there there is a very big lesson because Mm -hmm. sometimes you want to do something that counts, something that helps other people. But we not look at It just looks like such a huge task. Like, where Mm -hmm. do I even start from? Mm -hmm. So, if you have a huge number of people living with cerebral palsy, children with cerebral palsy, and you start thinking of the thousands, like, what am I going to do to help a thousand children? It can get so overwhelming. You won't even do anything. Mm -hmm. You run so far away from the problem instead of running towards it. So, start with one person. So that's what I did. So she said to me, "Go into your inbox and pick the pick
1: one, right." there are not mm-hmm. people in Europe right now yeah so I picked the first of person, the parents who have been you. Yeah, yeah. so I picked the first person had a conversation with her found out where she was luckily for me she lived in the place where I grew up and so I, I knew people I could find out resources and before I knew it in about a couple of days we actually were able to find a school for her daughter
0: mm.
1: so I knew we could do something so I went back to work really jubilant like oh yeah we and then she was like go pick the next one mm. and so that was how unofficially you know the foundation started i mean on the back of that i came back to nigeria i started to ask questions so i speak to my friends who were teachers um and my teacher friends they were honest they said to me we love you we actually think that you're an amazing person but if you you know if it was the schools that we teach in you wouldn't be able to come there and i said why and they said well because the other parents will complain
0: other parents of oh. Typical, Typical children. children without cerebral palsy yes, would they will say that them. I don't want this person to be in class
1: with my child. With my child.
0: Yeah. Wow.
1: And then my school owner friends were like, is that me? I have a conscience. My teachers are always going to teach this child because this student is talking about now. So of they cannot talk. They cannot use their hands to
0: write. My teachers don't want mm-hmm. to do children like that. Okay, so now the teachers don't even have the requisite like, knowledge they're or they're the skills or anything to help these children.
1: So I knew that, okay, we had problems in multiple ways. Yeah. And so, all of that began to inform how the letter reports of kids' worked. Mm-hmm. So we started to, of course, I already knew we had to do a lot of advocacy, and it was obvious. And then, of course, counseling. I knew that we had to do counseling for parents. So we then created our five-pronged approach that started with counseling, school readiness assessments for the children. And when I say when I say school readiness assessment, what do I mean? I mean that we're looking at each child and saying, what does this child need? What do we need to put in place for this child to thrive this school? Okay. So some children will need assistive devices. Some children need to have their own chairs. They can't sit in the regular classroom chairs. Some children will need to have a one-on-one, a, a physical human being go with them to school. It's either known in our circle, it's known as either having a facilitator or having a shadow. Okay. <laughs>
0: so maybe, Apart from the, teachers, yeah, apart the school teacher who leave the house with them and also be in school. Yes, so somebody will come
1: from home them and provide one-on-one support. So things like toileting, things mm-hmm. like feeding, things like making sure the child is actually, you know, interacting with their peers and writing class. Because I mean, if a child doesn't have neck control or can't sit independently or can't use their hands, somebody's going to have to do those tasks for them. Because the fact that you can't use your hands or you can't sit independently does not mean that you're not able to comprehend what your teacher is teaching. It okay. just means that you are going to be, you need to show what you are learning a little differently than that. Yes, you need
0: some help with... So that's where shadow
1: comes in for some children. You know, so for me, mm-hmm. when I do school readiness assessment, that's what I'm assessing. I start with the presumption that every child is capable of learning because I believe that every child is capable of learning.
0: Okay. So it's good. not it's
1: not the conditional child. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The answer to
0: that question was already yes. Before you even should open my door. Mm-hmm. I already And that's very important because that's not how a lot of us think about children with cerebral palsy. So, uh, so
1: that's the thing. When you talk about my door. The answer to the question, can my child learn an animation fashion, is Yes. I don't really see your child race.
0: So you already presume, uh, I in, their I presume that, in their favor. You presume competence yeah. in their favor.
1: Wow,
0: I, I presume competence in every child.
1: I will now sit with you to work out what does your child need, need. to thrive in school.
0: So that's what you do during the school readiness. Yes, that's what I do during school So the five prompt the coach now. Is counseling, counseling, school readiness. counseling for the parents. parents yes. Okay. School readiness assistance for the child.
1: Okay. And when we're done, we now do referrals. Referrals to school, schools. Okay. To To school and then medical and paramedical services. Because okay. a lot of the times, students are supposed to need ongoing healthcare. Okay. Um, physical therapy is usually ongoing. Occupational therapy is ongoing. Because of children's speech, therapy is ongoing as well. So we have to make sure that children are also getting these interventions because they all help, they all come together to help the child live a very good quality of life. Mm -hmm. So if this child does not have this intervention in place, we try to put this intervention in place first before we then put school in place.
0: Okay, okay, that makes sense. Mm -hmm.
1: So because because you want to have the dates and times for the intervention first and then fit school around. Okay, around it, okay. Hmm. Yeah. And, and then, do you no know, I learned that one from my own personal life, so <laughs> I kind of just, I replicated it for all the kids. Because I realized that education does not have to stop for therapy. But therapy okay. should also not stop for education.
0: Okay. So they can work together. So they should work together. They should together. work together. So for instance, I'm
1: going to give you a good example of how we make
0: this work. For someone,
1: I remember there was one of my kids when she was in, I think she was in preschool or year one. What we did was her therapist came on some days a therapist came in the morning. So it meant on those days she missed assembly and first period. Okay. So after therapy, her mom would take her to school. She would sleep on the way to school and then miss first period. So the class teacher knows the days that she's going to miss first period and so keeps her worksheets for her. So when she comes, that means she needs to the first period. It becomes an additional assignment
0: for her to take home. home. Mm. So she's not, out so she's not missing out the end of the
1: day. So we worked it out in such a way that it's first channel channel the days that she's going to be out for therapy, so she's going to be late. Or mm-hmm. she won't be coming at all. So they're able to work around that so that she doesn't miss out in school. So we do that. We do the referrals. We do. So after we've done the referrals, which is... To the medical and paramedical services, we then do the school placement. Okay. So, so, so that's, the, so, so that's the step four, right? So we've started step four. with counseling, so we've done the school readiness assessment, school
0: readiness assessment done, we now do the referrals. and
1: then we do school placement at step School four. placement
0: is step four, okay. Step okay.
1: Four. At step four. At that point, we've already sorted out therapies and things. So now we're okay. not looking at sales. that's
0: that's why you just described that. Yeah. So you just make everything work together. Yeah. So we sorted out therapies and times. and cost. And cost, okay, yes.
1: So now that we know how much this is will cost you, how much do you have left for school fees? Hmm. Hmm. Then you now start working with various budget and location to hmm. find an appropriate school for the child.
0: Wow.
1: That's where it gets tricky. It's um, of money now. Money is a
0: serious matter. Yeah. Is a matter. Yeah. that. Nigeria school fees. <laughs> not yes. Small yes. Especially if the school, school realizes that okay, they may need to um, engage teachers who have been specially trained. Oh, and that. that. Oh,
1: that they will just hype the school
0: fees. Yes. So you guys work around
1: that? So, what so that I usually see? We're not asking you to hire you the teachers. I ask you to let us train your existing Okay. So, we offer training to the school. I remember that in the earlier years, when when we first started, I actually
0: used to train the schools for free. You used to train the schools for free? So you used to... Um improve. Yes, the School, in, 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 in school for, free. for free. Wow. Just because I wanted just because we wanted this, this to work for so this child. Yeah. Yes. Wow. So I
1: would do a whole school improvement and I would do it for free. Just because I'm like, I really just want you to be able to teach this child, right? Mm-hmm. That's all I'm asking. And so I'm willing to train your teachers for free. I'm willing to teach you what to do. I'm willing to give you resources. Just I mean, so that's how we worked around that in the early years. Now it's a lot easier. I mean, it's getting a lot easier now. Okay. Now we have parent advocates. We so the allocations have never even been, and I probably have five, six children in school in those locations.
0: And so step five step five is school support. School support, yes. okay. So
1: we can just support the schools okay. after we place the kids. So at any point, if you have, if school has a question, um we offer trainings as well. So school trainings and school support. So mm-hmm. we offer in school trainings for schools, we offer school support. So if school has a problem or mm-hmm. they have a concern they're like, we don't know what to do, we're stuck here. They, it's, we have an open policy for school support for all the schools that we've worked with. And even schools that maybe don't even have generator policy yet but they want to become those schools. Okay. We are open to offering trainings and support for them to be able to transition from the current, you know,
0: current state to the us wow. Wow. Yeah. So and I need to ask, cerebral palsy, I mean, kids living with cerebral palsy have different issues going on. Yeah. Why did you pick education? Because now what you're doing mm-hmm. affects practically every other thing going on with them, mm-hmm. but the central focus yeah, is still their be learning. learning. Because, like, I mean, they let cerebral palsy kids learn. So why did you pick education and learning?
1: I think that it also, it stems from personal experience, It it stems from personal experience. All of the things that you are going to have going on as somebody with cerebral palsy—they're going to be lifelong.
0: Lifelong, okay.
1: And it will even change as you age. Okay. But the biggest gift that you can have is an education because what an education does—that gives you options. Mm -hmm. Like you said, I had a law degree. I had what? Shots. Yes. I still have those options Yes. Do. So if I wake up today and say, you know what, I'm not going do this anymore. I would do something else. Despite the limitations that Sarah puts on my body, an
0: education gives me options because it expands my mind. It expands your mind. Education does that. I mean, and if a child cannot read... they
1: stop. They're stop. They're stop. It doesn't matter how many other milestones they achieve. They can walk, they can talk. I mean... The child is unable to read. If education is missing, what you create is what you create is learned helplessness and dependence. Hmm.
0: Learned helplessness. Right. Yes,
1: people will learn helplessness hmm. because you're not giving them options. You see, people will only do as far as they know. My dad likes to tell the story of how I learned how to walk. He said for years, I was at home with everybody. Everybody else was walking around me. All my siblings walk, my parents walk, but I never learned. They tried. Most of didn't try it. I just never learned. And then he takes me to school. And I see a bunch of three-year-olds walking. And I literally start dragging him. And I literally want to stand up. And that's what education does. Education shows you what is possible for you. It expands your dreams. And so I tell, you know, I tell the parents that I work with. So the parent comes to me and says, can you imagine your child? She says to me that she wants to be a ballet dancer. I'm like... Okay, so, so the parents of these kids that you, you work with yeah. now call the children your child. Yes, they are all my kids now, so it's okay. <laughs> your child wants to become a ballet dancer. I'm like, hey, what's wrong uh, with that, which legs she does the ballet? I'm like, all dreams are
0: valid. All dreams are valid. I mean, it's not time to be telling your. It's not time to knows, tell your child you can't school. do that
1: because no,
0: all dreams are valid.
1: Well, but you see.
0: One of the things that, you should, that should make you proud is that your child has the capacity to dream, to even dream and think of themselves out out, of, out of that box. Exactly. Out of that box. So
1: the fact that your child is dreaming, I'm constantly saying, I want to be this. Okay, so your child will up one morning, I will to be a lawyer, and, they want to, and then next day she now they, then now she now wants to build robots. Then she now then she now wants to dance badly. You see, the fact that she's able to dream is a big thing. It shows that you've done what you expanded her mind. You've told her that. She can be
0: things are possible and
1: yes. this, this happens when children interact with each other
0: mm. but when you keep a child at home they are not learning a, 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 they, it, you already send them a message that this you, is you all, are different and, and this, this is all, all you are good you can for. Do. Yes, this is all you are good for but when
1: education does what, well, it expands and creates options mm. because the challenge of the cerebral palsy will never go away. It's like, it's lifelong challenges. They change as you age. But if you, with an education, what you do is you can change with it. Because wow. like you said, there are million things that are issues in the disability space. Everything yeah. affects disability differently. But education is the biggest power yeah. that liberates anyone. Especially if you have a disability that will automatically keep you down. The reason I can beat all the things that I am today, that an education gives me a way. It's not your way. It's not the typical way, but it's my way. I'm able to create my way of doing those things.
0: So you can do the same things where you can just do...
1: It's not like you can do them differently. Different. So let me give you a very classic example. I use like this is example all the time. When the average person fries an egg, they pull out a frying pan. When I fry an egg, I pull out a pot with a cover. The first time I did it, my sister was confused. <laughs> she was like... Wow. I told you to fry an egg. And I was like, I know. I am frying an egg. She's like, so why is the egg pot on the stove instead of a fry pan? And then after I asked her a simple question. I said, please, what fries the egg? Is it
0: the pan <laughs> or the oil? <laughs> but out of curious curiosity, why would you use a pot to fry an egg? Good.
1: Thank you for asking. I have several palsy which means that I shake. Okay.
0: A frying pan is a very unstable, unstable element. Unstable, sandy, uncovered, typically. Yes. Mm. A very
1: unstable element on any shoe. Mm. It's easy to spill.
0: Mm. But with a
1: saucepan, with a actual pot, it's harder to spill anything in a pot. You mm. have depth. So even if it splashes, it doesn't need yes. um, yes. so to. So, so what it was very was good. I had sat back, and this is an education working. I just sat back and felt it. Two. What constitutes a writing? Oil so and egg. It's, it's yeah. not the time. So if I take a point of fire, I put the seven. set up to the empty up. up, 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 up,
0: up, up, up right? the result. Gosh. So it's, it's like you've just, you've realized that, okay, this is what I need to do. This so like you meditation. look for what works for, for you.
1: you. So what education does is that, first, gives you a clear awareness. Hmm. But So you're aware. you're not in despair so you're very you're aware but you're not in despair so you're very aware of your limitations. you're aware that i can't i can't i can't what an orientation does is okay i can't but there has to be a way that i can Mm. make this thing work so for me it was all of that life experience i remember just stepping back and saying of all the things that affect me what is the one thing that has changed my life and has given me options it's education. education so I said you know what so this is the one thing that think this is the one thing you need with fix ones. yes this if is one, one thing, thing fix. fix this for the
0: next generation of children they cannot come mm. so, so I, even if, if no matter what's going on with them they, like if this have, one is in exist. place
1: they have the what is in them tools wow yeah.
0: okay so let me ask if you could pick one skill mm. that has helped you the most in your work so far one skill or one competency, mm. what would it be? It, it goes
1: back to this conversation we just had, it's the ability to create what works.
0: The ability to create what works, mm. okay.
1: And I almost think Sarah was that because it forced because me yes, to think, to outside, think the box. outside the box and I've been doing it since I was a child. So every time that I'm faced with something new, every time something new happens to me, I'm immediately beginning to think, what can I do differently to make a situation work? Yes, it yes. may not be difficult, but I'll find a And so that's my biggest tool. It's the biggest uh-huh. gift to
0: wow. my work. Okay, how can people support what you're doing at the Lead Cerebral Palsy Kids Foundation? So
1: there are a lot of ways. When I get
0: this question, it's
1: a very tricky question for me to answer.
0: Because I know that Nigerian
1: audience always thinks of money.
0: Mm, yes. Largely.
1: <laughs> I guess money is money is largely needed. Because the services that we offer to parents are
0: free. You offer free services to parents. And it seems so good. i never charged a parent again. So now you've worked with over 400 children. Yes. And you've never charged for any of this. Not even from parents who, who can obviously afford it.
1: They all want to donate if they want to have a free risk service. Risk. A the only thing that's paid for now is our school, is our school and teacher training, okay. Because like you said, yes. school improvements. Yes. <laughs> right. They're going wow. to need to earn income. So they might not well pay it okay for the income, for their future income yes. that they're planning to earn. So yeah, it costs, and on top of everything else that we're offering for rich parents, we also, you know, um, we're also offering... Believe it or not, partial scholarships to kids, um, to kids from Indian families. We're also offering some kind of offsets to therapy costs as well.
0: Okay, so money is not everything, but you guys need money. Yes, we do. Okay, so what I'm talking about from money,
1: one of my biggest concerns is staff. Staff, okay. I need help. I need physical help. Actually, people that can offset the physical work that I teach to do this because i mean like you said it's kids. it's a lot of moving around yeah and it's a lot of stories to listen and keep straight in mm. your head and because when a child gets on a problem, they never get up so mm.
0: it's so not it's crazy. it's not all come and then they leave so no. you just additional just work additional children so which yeah. means additional work mm-hmm. so of course so you need a lot of manpower, manpower to get the work done that. Struggle. So money, staff, whether they're full-time, full-time staff, staff or, or even, even volunteers,
1: yeah, yeah. staff, yeah. And then, of course, learning resources are always welcome. And, of course, you can always refer a child, so if you, I mean, if you know someone who has a child's cerebral palsy and is struggling with what next, please feel free to refer yeah.
0: a glad. Wow. <laughs> Um thank you so much Toby we've been talking about um your work and that's been very expository it's been it's been eye opening really and you are doing a lot mm-hmm. for children with um, cerebral palsy and their families mm-hmm. and much more than anything what i see is how much hope you are bringing to these people that society has told that they can't amount to much mm-hmm. you are you've made yourself the poster kid the poster child of what cerebral palsy can and still be, be yeah. regardless of the limitations of that condition. Mm-hmm. So and for that I thank you so much and I mm-hmm. and I really pray that every little effort you put in will will multiply in impact. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for the hope you are bringing to families. Thank you so much for being the light of this, of the world Mm -hmm. in this very dark area. Nobody asks for cerebral palsy. Nobody does. does. But they receive it and then they have to live with it and do the best they They can can with it. Thank you so much for being the light of God, for shining His light in this direction and I say this from the bottom of my heart. I admire you so much, Thanks. and I'm inspired by what you're doing. Thank you. Not just because so of the hearts with which you're doing it, but because I see the impact. already 400 fam, over 400 families. Oh yeah. So I mean, this is this is amazing, and thank you so much. So I'm going to jump into another set of questions. So firstly, on the podcast this month, we'll be talking about fulfillment. Uh-huh. And I know that, I've heard it said, I've heard a lot of people say it, a lot of people are not fulfilled, mm. you know, with their lives, with their work, with the things they do. They're just not fulfilled. Why do you think that is?
1: I think i have alluded to it earlier. I think it's because people, first of all, are living their lives on autopilot. On autopilot. And after a while, when you're doing what does not um, align with the reason you're here, you're like, it tells you, you your your mind tells you. So for a lot of people I feel like one of the best things you can do for yourself is to do yourself a favor and know God early.
0: So you so think people should know God early, yeah, develop yeah, a relationship I mean, develop with a ve-
1: Him. Because I, because the truth is I know that people I remember somebody asking me, interesting mm-hmm. somebody you know. The person asked to me and I think that's how many person became friends. was like that how are you able to reconcile your obvious love for good with your disability. Mm,
0: I'm very interested in the answer to that question. I said, I said,
1: you know that uh, that if you, if you have a relationship with someone, you're able to trust their motives, even when you don't understand their actions. So you're able to say, "I don't fully get why you did this." but I trust that there's something I'm not saying that made this a rational choice for you to make and because I trust your motives I will trust that your actions are in my best interest and that's how over time I reconciled and and that's why till tomorrow, I mean now I I, I, I consider it an everyday adventure because I'm like okay Obviously, your motives are always in my best interest, so what's going on? <laughs> what are we doing with this now?
0: Gosh, this but, is, is no, mind-blowing. Mind but
1: that's it. I mean, that's one of the things. I said, the minute that I learned to believe, I mean, my faith was that, look, God loves me and he wants the best for me. So I can trust his motives, right? I can trust his heart. Even when I don't understand his actions. So while there are things that will happen, and, and over, over the course of my life, there, there are other things that have happened, I'll tell you to so everybody, else, that have had me going, what is this? But every step of the way I'm reminded, that hey, you're dealing with somebody who loves you irrevocably. He will not bring anything to you that, that did not, in the end, work out for your good. That's it. It's in that knowing that, look, I don't see the big picture. Only God does. And that because He truly, truly loves me, I can trust His heart. Even when the current act
0: is not making sense. Wow, I think that's so profound, really. I think I that's very profound. And so, and so you were saying also that it's also good to have a relationship with God. Yes. So that you can maybe understand how He's leading you. you so that you
1: understand. Because the truth is that you didn't make you. He made you.
0: He put you on
1: here for a time frame for a purpose.
0: I think I think it's very important to to know that we have direct access to God, God. Yes. And that we He's very eager to lead us. I think where a lot of us make the mistake is that we're either not asking or not following, or, or he has led he us. Asked. Exactly, we don't know what you ask. Or he has led. But we didn't know that that was his leading, which is why what we're talking about about people pausing, Mm -hmm. taking a you know when you feel that there's some dissatisfaction or unfulfillment, pause, Pause. ask questions, pray, what's going on here? You
1: are dissatisfied. So I always say if you can ask yourself why five times.
0: Okay, why? So once you ask the answer the first why, ask ask the the next why, and then you ask the the next why. You You be an excellent coach.
1: So do the fact, I do. because I do it for myself. Ask the why question. The I'm dissatisfied. I'm not happy about this. Why? So why? Then so why? So then why? So
0: why? Then so why? So, to, to so many people, it's dangerously close to uncomfortable so history, history uncomfortable so memories. memories. They don't so want they don't to. want
1: to. But if we can push past the discomfort and get to the roots, then you can begin to build back from there.
0: And yes. say, okay, this right.
1: is where it is. So they're setting on. Comp- I mean, I've done, I've had to set this exercise multiple times in my own life because I'm of course uncovered. Comp- Different places where I'm comfortable.
0: I'm I think we need to realize that whatever lies at the end of that string of Y's, mm-hmm. there is God there. There is. So and He's he was, going to help us. And He was always. there He was always there. He's going to help us. Start, you know, just start building. He was always there, even if we have
1: to. Even That's if you have to start. So if you have to start from rock bottom, trust me, you are not starting from. So a lot of people are afraid to start from nothing. What I tell them is that you think, you can never start from nothing. You're starting from experience. Hmm. It, even when it seems like you're starting from nothing, all of the there's things still there's experience there. So you're starting from experience. You will hmm. not make the same mistakes. And so it's very important that people know that you in the a lot because was always there. And mm. he will always be there. So, even in the middle of the mess, so when you're making all the mistakes, when all the horrible things happen to you, God was there. He was agonizing with you, he was guiding you. He's the reason that it, those that, things didn't even finish. Yes, so that there you therefore. were not consumed completely. Yes, there. so careful because he's there. He's not And he already knows that you have those issues. The day you are ready to confront them, he's there. He's waiting, yes. And so, it's important that each person is able to do that. When people stop and ask themselves, because the things that are making people most dissatisfied are the things that do not serve their purpose, mm. and eighty percent of the time they were decisions that they people made. They didn't. They thought they made those decisions, but they didn't make those decisions. Those decisions were made for them, but they thought they were making those decisions. So, from people are in careers today that they chose those careers because somebody told them that that was what suited them, but that was what they should do because they're girls. So they're uncomfortable in those careers. Or, or, some, or, or there's someone who's working a high-flying job but is uncomfortable because her soul is actually the soul of a stay-at-home mom but you know society tells her that when a stay at home mom is being lazy mm. so wow. it's important that each person stops and says who
0: am i and what was i created to be or what was i created to do many times because of because the voices outside are really loud we Start to doubt whether I'm hey, the right I, path. Hey, I
1: totally hear all you. Know that. That. So
0: we start wondering, maybe I'm the wrong Maybe I, maybe
1: maybe I do not hear well. well.
0: Yeah, so is this really right? Or yeah, this makes no but sense. But this other person you know? is also a Christian, and this person is doing it this way. This Why can't I do, this I do it this but way? And Maybe I should also do be... I know, I know, and um, I just know that. It's like you said, God is always there. He always, always leads us to take the right steps mm-hmm. when we need to. Thank you so much. That was an amazing exposure of fulfillment. To be. I mean, we will not leave this place if I leave. You are just a bundle of light. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. the best word I can use to describe you. Okay, so now, a couple of fun questions and we're mm-hmm. ha- we out of here. So, um, where is the one place in the world mm-hmm. that you want to go but you've never gone? Hmm. I'm talking about a location now.
1: Yeah, okay. probably somewhere in Mauritius. Why? I, I have this colleague. I had this colleague on the, the man I was here to she was from Mauritius. And I mean, so she, shows, she shows pictures. And I used be like, I can't believe you are get to wake up to this every
0: morning. Wow. Okay. This is so, there's so You're much really quiet know. and so much peace and so much silence so much tranquility. Like, <laughs> Mauritius. Okay, nice. Okay, and now if you could have one superpower, what would it be? Well, the ability to never get tired. The ability to never get tired. Just mean that,
1: man. We need to get
0: much work done. Much work done. Now taking your break. Excellent. Okay, so and um, final question. If I gifted you 1,000 billboards across Nigeria, but you could only have one message on, on all time. these billboards, yes, on all the 1,000 billboards, what would that message be? And preferably a one-liner. Let's see if the kids learn, they can, they should... Let's see CP kids learn. If they, they can, can. They, should. they should. Yeah. Excellent. Wow. And that's just like the summary of your love life's work. Yes. Wow. It Excellent. Thank you so much, Toby, for being here mm-hmm. again. <laughs> <laughs> I love you so much. I thank you so much. Thank you so much for all you do. Thank you so much for who you are. I really appreciate you and I appreciate your friendship. God bless you. Thank you
1: so much for having me and letting me talk your ear off (laughs) like I've been known to do. Excellent.
0: Thank you so much. All right. Okay. Welcome back to our one-on-one, you and I, our one-on-one chat. Isn't it mind-blowing? In four years only, Toby and her team have directly impacted over 400 kids and their families. You know, we are called to be the light of the world and she has risen up to that challenge. She has risen up in obedience of that injunction by God. I imagine her blazing over the darkness with her light and already hundreds of lives have been directly impacted. I really hope you were inspired and that you picked up a few lessons from her journey. Uh, I'll share three of my most profound lessons with you. Okay, so number one, on how she's committed to loving God. Even in her disability, she said, If you have a relationship with someone, you are able to trust their motive, even when you don't understand their actions. You can say, I don't know why you did this, but I trust that there's something I'm not seeing that makes this a rational choice. Wow, isn't that amazing? You can get to the point where you love and trust God so much that you just yield yourself to him in spite of the several questions that you have. And the second lesson I learned is on making a difference in the world, especially with her story, where she said, start with just one person. Looking at the magnitude of the work ahead of you may be overwhelming and discouraging. So just start with the very first person. Once you're done with that person, move to the next. I think that's amazing and something for every one of us to learn. And the third thing that I want to share with you is her on rising above challenges. She made a statement and she said, you can be aware of your limitations But not in despair of them. You just need to find a way that uniquely works for you. And how she told the story of how she fries an egg with a pot. She has found a way that uniquely works for her because she's aware of her limitations, but she has not let that turn her to despair, into despair. She has just decided that, okay, obviously the way everyone does it doesn't work for me. I'm just gonna have to find a way and be resourceful, find a way within myself, you know, to do the same thing, to get the same results my own way and i think that's amazing so people i want you to support tobiloba and the let cerebral palsy kids learn foundation in every way you can with prayers with publicity with words of encouragement she's working so hard they're all working so hard they need all the help they can get with financial donations you know, with volunteering your time and your talents and also helping them with learning materials. Do whatever little you can. So get in touch with the organization. Please find the link in the show notes. And if nothing else, just visit the site anyway, you know, to learn about all the amazing work they've been doing. And before I go, I'd like to reiterate the central message that Toby Lobadjaye has been spreading with her work and her life. Let cerebral palsy kids learn. They can and they should. So thank you so much for coming along on the podcast today. It's been a pleasure sharing and learning with you. Please subscribe to the podcast on your podcast player, whether it's Google Podcasts or on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. If you've not done so already, please subscribe to the podcast and share with the people you care about. And to connect with me or the Lifeaholic community, you can find the links in the show notes. I'll see you next week. God bless you. Bye.